0: The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence Where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing and spirituality will set you free Welcome to The Spiritual Freedom Show This is an ethereal podcast also syndicated on other radio networks Body Mind Spirit Radio WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, Transformation Talk Radio, home of The Dr. Pat Show, and Oneness Talk Radio. Today I'm delighted to say we're joined by a very old and good friend of mine, Paul Nugent, a fellow international director. He's going to be giving us what we call here our M.O.T., our moment of truth. And we have another person I've had the pleasure to meet over in Toronto in Canada, and that's Gino Chaldone, a very experienced teacher who will be guiding us in a practice. And, of course, we are always joined by our producer. I'm jolly glad we are, actually, because he holds the show together. He arranges it. He does the -the behind-the-scenes work. uh, He invites the guests, and he has all the questions. They come in, and thank you again, everybody who listens, for sending in your questions to us, uh, for making your points and your comments. Please carry on doing that. Darren replies to them all, and then he reads them over to me on this show. I never know what he's going to read. That's quite deliberate, So it's a completely spontaneous reaction, we hope. And, of course, I think you all know that we are focused on the nine freedoms. And here are some words written by uh, Dr. George King, who was the channel for the nine freedoms very soon after they were actually channeled through him. And this was written in Cosmic Voice, which he edited. The nine freedoms, since the inception of the Ethereum Society, some great truths have been revealed to mankind, by the cosmic masters through this important organization. But as great as these have been, nothing has ever been given to mankind more enlightening in certain ways than the set of transmissions delivered through uh, himself by the great cosmic master, Mars Sector 6, known as the Nine Freedoms. These were delivered at the American headquarters of the Ethereum Society in Los Angeles between February the 12th and March the 15th. 1961. That's over 60 years ago, of course. We still have our American headquarters in Hollywood, in Los Angeles. In fact, uh, one of our guests today, I'm very pleased to say Paul Nugent, is going to be speaking to us from that headquarters. Um, And he continued later and he said that uh, he gave a series of lectures on the nine freedoms. that's Dr. King, to selected metaphysical students in Los Angeles. And these ended on June the 7th, nineteen. 61 and they are they are all available you can obtain the transmissions you can obtain the lectures uh, we can't come close to the caliber and the quality of those lectures delivered by Dr King himself on this show except we have an opportunity on the spiritual freedom show to break this down into small extracts and really look at them and i think we're able to come up with uh, i think insights and revelations Uh, that are there to be found but have actually never been expressed in a simple way before. But, of course, they're all in context with those brilliant lectures delivered by Dr. King. And another thing that Dr. King said about the nine freedoms, and he said this actually in 1963, a couple of years later, he said, they tell you for the first time your true evolution through life. We don't mention vague things like heaven but we tell you where you will go from this earth, not where you might go, where you will go, and give the stages in your evolution. In other words, for the first time, here is a teaching which will give you your next 20 million lives or so. Yes, that was what I said, 20 million lives or so. And that's because these teachings reach out to very advanced planets Now, the last few shows we've been doing have been focused on the early freedoms, service, enlightenment, and before that, of course, love and bravery. We've been focusing on extracts from those quite a lot, not exclusively, but mainly. And those relate very much to exactly where we are now on Earth. But we're also given an insight into these very elevated godlike intelligences and how they operate, what their evolutionary cycle is like. And I don't think, and I've said this before on the Spiritual Freedom Show, that's just because of curiosity, just to say, oh, here, this is interesting. This is what they do there. It is interesting. It's more than interesting. It's a a contemplation in itself. But I believe it's also a teaching. It's there for us to be used. I don't think we'd be given it if it wasn't there for us to be used. And the higher freedoms, especially numbers seven to nine, that's interplanetary existence. Saturnian existence, and solar existence. They could be seen as an inspiring signpost of things to come. You might even call it a cosmic carrot, if that's not too disrespectful. And they are that, but they must be more. And I don't believe we would be given them by this karmic lord, and that's what Mars Sector 6 is, if we couldn't use them in our lives now in one way or another. And what's wonderful is that the path we are now given, which is different, and we've been stressing that, it's different from the path to enlightenment that was taught uh, a thousand years ago on this earth, because service is now at the very heart of it, uh, as a not only as a, 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 the most wonderful thing any of us can do, but as the key to our own development as well. And we're trying to illustrate practical ways in which that manifests. Uh, but that is in tune with these higher planets, the divine trajectory, you might say, of these great ones in our solar system. And through seeing that and studying that, we can aspire to a lower reflection of that greatness through the path that we follow on Earth. And and another thing will happen then, because if we do that, we start to align ourselves and attune ourselves to this cosmic family. Now, you know, I've been doing a lot as some of our listeners might know, on UFOs recently. And one of the things, uh, there's a number of things where the Ethereum Society actually is unique. We are certainly not the only organization that's putting out some of the truths about UFOs, far from it. But we are unique in certain respects. And one of those respects is that Dr. King, who founded the organization, was a channel for intelligences in this solar system And very often you'll find contactees or claimed contactees. I don't believe them all. I'm going to be very honest about that. And I don't expect you to take my word for anything I say either. You can check it out. But very often their claims will be in a far out distant constellation like the Pleiades or Alpha Centauri or somewhere very far away or somewhere we've never heard of. But Dr. King, from the beginning, and I recently saw an interview with him on on TV that he did in 1958, and he was standing in Trafalgar Square, and he was talking openly and freely in the climate of those days, and all the ridicule that went with it about his contacts with beings from Mars, from Venus. And he stuck to his guns, and we've stuck to our guns, but now that's starting to make more sense to people. There are people saying, well, hang on, of course the beings in this solar system are most likely to be interested in this planet because we're in, if you like, the same cosmic family. And that's one of the points I'm really making here. As we attune ourselves and align ourselves to these advanced intelligences on Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and even Saturn, and even the Sun... We are starting to attune ourselves to this cosmic family, and we should be a part. We're a very backward part. We're a delinquent part. But gradually, to a tiny degree, we can become a part of that cosmic family. So today we're moving to look at extracts from the eighth freedom. And uh, I I must just say to remind you, if you're uh, not familiar with it uh, or you're new to us, Um, The eighth freedom is Saturnian existence. Now, the seventh freedom is interplanetary existence. The planets below Saturn, uh, they're all below Saturn. Saturn is the highest civilization, if you like to use that word, in this solar system. And just to give you an idea how they feel on the other planets, I'm going to just read you a couple of lines from the previous freedom, the seventh freedom, describing how they feel on the other planets about Saturnians. And the word he is used, the masculine uh, gender is used. It doesn't signify in those days, by the way, males any more than it signified females. In those days, the word, the use of the word man and mankind was a generic word. And the cosmic masters used the language of the day. So I just give that explanation. But this is talking about, Beings on other planets, on higher planets, such as Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and so on. And this is what Mars Sector 6 says about them. He learns the greatness of the great. To him, the divine is reflected through his masters upon Saturn. He would rather give up even his present freedom and be cast into the lowest terrestrial astral realms than disobey his masters by even a glance, by even a glance. That's the kind of reverence that they have on other planets for the Saturnian intelligence. So we're going to take this very, very high and very, very elevated example to illustrate something that we've been talking about in terms of terrestrials, in terms of us, in terms of what we do to develop, to evolve and to serve. And our theme today is the greater you are, the more active you are. Very simple, but you know some of the simplest things are also the most profound. Complexity is often an excuse. It's not necessarily depth. It can be a deviation. Sometimes a penetration through consciousness of simplicity leads to the most profound truths. And I believe this is one of them. The greater you are, the more active you are. And we can see this illustrated by the Saturnian intelligences. So we're very honoured on the Spiritual Freedom Show to have permission from the international directors, I've got one waiting to appear today, uh, to play extracts from the nine freedoms, to actually hear uh, the Mars Sector 6 transmission as it was delivered. And this is the eighth freedom, and we're going to share here now, I'm going to ask our producer kindly to play a short extract from the eighth freedom.
1: As such a one uh, has... A still a body which moves not as such a one is capable of a division of consciousness which allows it uh, to inhabit up to a one a thousand eight hundred and a sixty a positions in the time space continuum at one and the same instant. In fact, Some of the perfects are able to double this feat.
0: So that's an amazing revelation, a revelation that had never ever been made to humanity before this particular uh, transmission was delivered that uh, uh, an intelligence from Saturn in an ovoid body, uh, which is apparently the shape of the body they inhabit, completely still and yet can divide their consciousness into many parts or what he calls positions, and it's actually 1,860 positions in the time-space continuum at one and the same instant. And he goes on to say some of the perfects are able to double this feat, which we'll explain who the perfect are uh, shortly. And we will also look at that. That's over 3,600 positions. So that talk about being active. They they may be completely still. They are completely still. This is a stillness that even the greatest of yogis on earth could not attain or did not attain. Uh, This is total and complete stillness in every regard. And through that, And here's a kind of a paradox. They are totally active in many planets, in many positions, in many life forms, all of them serving in 1,860 positions. And we only know of two Saturnian intelligences who have come to Earth. I'm not saying there are only two, but who have come as avatars, shall we say, to Earth. They are Sri Krishna and the Lord Babaji. Uh, Sri Krishna, we know from the Bhagavad Gita, which is some kind of record of what he said and what he taught, that he advocated a path of action to the warrior prince Arjuna, as a matter of fact. Um, And he was depicted in many forms, in many active forms, a cowherd, a charioteer. He's connected to vimanas or flying celestial vehicles, or some would say UFOs or UAPs but really existing ones and he was said in the vedic texts texts to exist in celestial regions and no one knows just how old those texts are a very very great intelligence the other the lord babaji must surely rank as the most elevated of avatars an avatar by the way is a divine incarnation upon earth we are able to explain that now as intelligences who come from other worlds but this idea of a divine incarnation is universal. You find it in ancient Greece, you find it in Christianity, you find it in many, many traditions. So, then the word, the name Babaji, by the way, isn't unique just to one intelligence. It's used by different people. Uh, it means Holy Father. Actually, the Pope calls, I think, is called the Holy Father by some. But the Lord Babaji I'm referring to is the greatest and the holiest master on earth who has been here and stand by for this, for millions of years. He is known by other names, and one of his titles he's known by is Lord of the Earth. Now here's another example of his greatness. All the ascended masters, without exception, defer to him. Actually, every man, woman, and child on Earth should do that. He, he's sacrificing. I shouldn't say he because a Saturnian is it. it, it it's uh, both sexes and neither. Um, and that's he's a division of consciousness of such an intelligence but he is an avatar who's been with us and is going to remain with us he's by far the most elevated master on the surface of the planet is a fractional part a division of consciousness maybe a thousandth or maybe a two thousandth part of a saturnian intelligence and i describe him as the most elevated avatars, because I'm absolutely sure that's how Dr. King, who knew him, by the way, very well indeed, and loved him unreservedly. There was a tremendous love uh, between those two avatars. I'm going to stick my neck out and put Dr. King in that category here on the Spiritual Freedom Show. But he would certainly describe him in that way. He admired him beyond any words I could utter, actually. His extraordinary sacrifice was... Uh, to Dr. King, who understood it better than we can, coming from this world, uh, was just uh, beyond all admiration, uh, on a very primitive, uh, backward planet. And yet here he is, because of his compassion for humanity and his compassion for the Mother Earth. Now, here's something that the Master Etherius stated about the Lord Babaji. He stated it in August the 8th, 1990, Uh, because he is a member of the spiritual hierarchy of Earth. He is the leader of the spiritual hierarchy of Earth, both spiritually, and this is the wrong word in a way, politically, they don't have politics as we know it, but certainly they have administrative structure and, and a hierarchy, and he's at the very, very top of it, because they all want him to be. There's no requirement of an election. They all want him to be in that position. They wouldn't have it any other way. And Master Theorist made this statement on August the 8th, 1990. And this is what I really want to come to. He said this, there is one member of the great white brotherhood. That is the Lord Babaji, who is a greater, more active member than any of them. Now, I think I I want to come back to that because we we have a guest who will be coming on shortly, but it's very significant, I believe, that the Master theorist chose to describe him as more active. I mean, he could have said many, many things, could he not? He, he could have said, um, you know, more compassionate, more wise, more understanding, more knowledgeable, or more powerful. But he said more active. And that's a sign of the times. It's being active that is a measure of your greatness in this day and age. And that's an expression demonstrated, being demonstrated right this very second by an aspect, a division of consciousness, a position, if you like, of a Saturnian intelligence. And they demonstrate and express their greatness through their activity and their actions. And that surely is a lesson to us. That surely is an example to us. That's surely something we can strive to apply in our lives. Well, I'd like to bring in now, if I may, our producer, Darren Ball. Uh, welcome again, Darren, although you were on the show uh, starting it up before I got here, but welcome to you. Uh, do you have any interesting insights to share with us?
2: Yeah, thanks very much, Richard. And thanks to all of our listeners for your questions and comments these last few weeks. Do keep them coming in. As always, I encourage everyone listening to write into spiritual freedom at richardlawrence.co.uk with the spiritual questions you have, your thoughts on the teachings we've shared, or even an experience that you'd like to share. I also invite you to check out Richard's website, by the way, that's richardlawrence.co.uk for other shows around the world that he has appeared on recently. So, Richard, this first one I'm coming to is um, is actually about karma. And what I thought I'd do, because it's related to the question here, is just read very briefly the definition of karma that we were given by Dr. George King, um, who has said that karma is pressure towards conformity. It is pressure directing you, the mind, and you, the soul, towards you, the Spirit. So this person has gone on and said, I would have thought pressure towards conformity or enforcement, quote unquote, is applied by God because it is God and not any other being such as a Lord of Karma. And I think the implication of the question here is, what is the role of a, of a Lord of Karma uh, that, that they play in something like this?
0: Okay. Um, and just so I didn't mishear you, did they? Did he, the, the, the writer, the he or she who wrote that letter say, or email say, enforced by God? Is is it did I yes. hear that right? Yes, okay. yeah. All right. That's right. Okay. Well, the first point is that it's not enforced by even by God. Um, it's a pressure through experience for our own benefit, because conformity with the law, I mean it's not conformity as we probably think of conformity on earth, but conformity with spiritual law is in our interests. It's it's for the well-being of ourselves and the betterment of ourselves and others and so it's a, a very positive thing indeed uh, conformity in that respect and it's not f- enforced but it's directed now a lord of karma and of course you have a lord of karma you also have supreme lords of karma as described in the 12 blessings i must recommend the 12 blessings i must recommend the website 12blessings.org uh They are, if you like, in this respect, agents of God, because God works through its agents, not to enforce, but to manifest its law. You could say that the law of karma is God, in a way. It's a manifestation of God, and it's helping us by steering us in that direction with the pressure that we are ready to take. You know, it's interesting. I I came across a person recently, who is undergoing a difficult health condition. And I I did tell them, because I found some years ago myself, when I had a health problem, a a very interesting statement made by Dr. King, that sometimes when you're about to take a step upwards, and this person, I feel, from what they've told me, is about to take a step upwards, on the spiritual path, you also, and a soul, will also then decide to take on some negative karma because they are ready to deal with it. So I mention that because it's all about us being able and ready and prepared to transmute our karma. That is the key word, isn't it, transmute our karma. Mm. And um, so it's not enforced, and the lords of karma, especially the supreme lords of karma, who administer the law, as it were, who enact the law, they're even above the sons in this regard, uh, they are agents of the divine. I think that's the best way I could describe it, Darren.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was an encouraging point there about, you know, when you step up, you start to experience, oh, you start to sort of take on that negative karma that you, you have. You can do. Because, yeah, can not saying you but, always do, but you can. Sure. Do. Because I think some people almost get discouraged by that, but actually it's a sign of your strength and willingness to advance. And I think yeah. that's that's more the spirit in which to take it.
0: Yeah, and indeed. And many people who've had real trials in their life, whether it be health, whether it be some other kind, emotional or financial, they have, they have told me at least that it's been a turning point for the good. Mm. it's turned them towards the light uh you know this this adversity if you like and and that's fantastic if they can turn it around and do that with it anyway i'm delighted now to welcome our first guest back to the show again paul nugent paul has lectured on the teachings of the Ethereum society for over 20 years on television radio at universities churches and other venues He spent many years by the side of Dr. George King. He was very close attendant and aide of Dr. King in his latter years. I witnessed that myself at first hand. And he's been very active in interfaith in the United States, serving as a board member of the Southern California Committee for a Parliament of the World's Religion. As I mentioned, he's an international director of the Ethereum Society, so I personally have the pleasure to work with him uh, from time to time quite regularly. And last time he was on the show, he led us all in the practice of the violet flame, a very ancient practice that was secret for thousands of years on Earth. But this time he's agreed to share with us his moment of truth, Paul Nugent.
3: Well, thank you very much, Richard. It's a great uh, joy, not just a pleasure, joy to hear you again and be back with you on the Spiritual Freedom Show. It's incredibly uh, inspiring, I have to say that, uh, just listening to what we've had heard so far today. Uh, my moment of truth, uh, funnily enough, you just mentioned the violet flame, and it actually it's my moment of truth, in a way, has got something rather connected to that. Uh, it was, I can't remember the year, I have to think it was probably about 1988. Uh, I will say that I'd already... I had uh, other moments of truth, you could say, and and joined the Aetherius Society. I was a member of the Aetherius Society, and uh, I was even uh, helping out as a close worker. And my work hours were sort of somewhat irregular. Uh, I frequently had to work at the weekends and things like that. Uh, So I'd come in during the week. Uh, You may even remember, because I used to spend uh, wonderful time with yourself. Absolutely,
0: yes, I do.
3: But at this particular, it was a Sunday, and I'd been uh, at my outside work uh, during the day, but I was coming in to work at Aetherius House there in, in London, in Fulham, uh, in the evening. And I came in, and I remember you were there, and I'd missed quite an important um, unveiling ceremony earlier in the day during the, during the Sunday service. It was the unveiling of the... Uh, Picture or portrait of the Logos of Earth, as described yes. by our Master, and it, and it had been unveiled in the uh, very holy temple downstairs in in the what we call the, in the hall, um, the the George King Chapel, I think it's now called, where the twelve blessings were given, and that unveiling had taken place. But I had unfortunately missed it because I was had had to work at, at my job outside. And so you very kindly, and I would say thoughtfully, uh, suggested that I go downstairs and spend some time sitting in front of this uh, picture. And so I did, and it was um, very atmospheric, you know, the magenta light was on. And I sat down there, I was relatively still quite new to the Ethereum Society, and just sitting in front of this um, incredible um, uh, picture as as described by Dr. George King to, to an artist who, who, who uh, met, met, painted this picture. And not only did I find that very moving, uh, coming back to the violet flame, but the, what I think I remember, what, what I remember even more was I could hear upstairs, uh, coming from the dining room at Etheria's house, um, the staff who were there. And I just remember hearing laughter and wonderful spiritual camaraderie. And being there in front of this picture uh, made me realize, Well, the, the phrase that comes to mind, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was, at the time, I'd come out, as you know, was a very uh, um, active Christian. I, my, my way into all of this had been through Christianity, and, and mm-hmm. I was very um, k- keen, if you like, to, to sort of find the apostles. I know that's sort of going uh, you know, out mm-hmm. on a limb there. But Dr. King, who I'd not met, I'd seen but I'd never met, he was this living master. He was a living master who we had in our midst, uh, even though he was in America, here I was in London, and I could just sort of sense in that moment of truth uh, the joy that came from those who were very close to him uh, upstairs in that dining room, and it it just sort of was almost a flashback. I mean, that's obviously going out very extreme I won't say it was a flashback but it was this sense of mm. what it is like to be with a living master and and I knew at that time that that's what I what I not only needed to do but certainly what I wanted to do with my life and mm. um and so I did uh over over the coming months um Take that you study. certainly
0: did. You certainly did, Paul. That's a beautiful uh, account. I've never heard you explain that before. That's Thank you so much for sharing that. And, of course, you did do it. There's so many people, they say these things and they dream about these things, but you actually did it, and you ended up right at his side, right at that critical time in his latter years. So you have to be really commended for that.
3: Thank you. It was a well, moment of you. truth. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's something I you know you have, because I think... Other than today, it's something that uh, I haven't ever spoken of. Um, it's not something that I've ever felt a need to share. But when sort of asked, put on the spot, to tell a moment of truth, uh, mm-hmm. it was very much a moment of truth.
0: Well, so that's wonderful. A,
3: yeah.
0: Well, that's a great moment of truth there from Paul Nugent. Thank you, Paul. And uh, we're now uh, moving on from that. We're carrying on with our theme of the day, which is that the greater you are, the more active you are. You must admit that's quite a different thing. If you if you went up to people in the past and said, well, what's the hallmark of a great spiritual person? They wouldn't probably say active. They're active. They'd probably say they're wise. They might say they're gentle. They might say they're humble. There's a whole sort of vocabulary of spiritual epithets, which do apply, but the one that the master of theorists Picked out, and I'm willing to go by that when describing the Lord Babaji. In fact, I think we should all be willing to go by the Master Theorius. Is the greater you are? Uh, actually, this is not his quote, but when he was describing the Lord Babaji, said he's the greatest and the most active of all the members of the spiritual spiritual hierarchy of Earth. Now, sometimes on this show, we actually play extracts from those lectures I mentioned delivered by Dotter King about the nine freedoms and in this case we're going to do that because there's a particularly interesting commentary he made in his lecture about the extract you've just heard just to remind you describing a saturnian uh, has a still body which moves not such a one is capable of a division of consciousness which allows it to habit inhabit up to 1,860 positions in the time-space continuum at one and the same instant. You have to get your head around that, don't you? One and the same instant. And it goes on to say, in fact, some of the perfects are able to double this feat. And Dr. King commented on that in his lecture on the Eighth Freedom. So we're now going to hear a short one-and-a-half-minute extract from Dr. King's commentary.
4: I stand the first in the world ever to be given this information. Previous to this, there was um, some idea of, of greatness on Saturn, but nobody had ever had information which tied it down and could describe it and which could say it can inhabit 1860 bodies at the same time. It's the first time it's ever been given to the world. That's one of the reasons why the Ethereum Society was born, so that new type of information like this could be given to mankind. Not even the so called yogis have ever given this type of information, or not even did they know it. Must always be a first time, I suppose. Don't think I'm happy about the thing, because look at the responsibility it puts on me. However, that's it. Now, we're told that some of the perfects can double this feat. Some of, of the greater one may be the inner core of the 12, because there's an inner core of, inner core of 12. Maybe the inner core of the 12, we're told, can double this feat, which means inhabit 3,600 bodies at one and the same instant. This is a gigantic feat. It It's uh, an
0: amazing uh, revelation, is it not? And I I must say, because we have been asked uh, on the Spiritual Freedom Show, do you intend to put over only spiritual practices and teachings from the Aetherius Society? And I've got to say that uh, we do, but that doesn't mean to say that we are suggesting there aren't other great teachings and there aren't other great practices, because they are. In fact, one of our, the Paul, who we've just heard from, uh, it was working with interfaith a lot. And of course, we respect other teachings. But I've been secretary of the Aetherius Society in Europe for over 40 years because I believe it's the most elevated set of teachings it's the most practical set of teachings and it will do the greatest good if i thought something else was greater i'd go to something else it's also the practices and the set of teachings i have lived and i have discovered that they work and i know that they work from my own personal experience and i know that you develop certain uh, abilities through contemplation and through the intuition and and in other ways too through these practices and these teachings. So, of course, on this show, the Spiritual Freedom Show, we're going to put those out. But that doesn't mean to say that there aren't other teachings or that we're suggesting there's only one set of teachings. In fact, you can apply the lessons of the nine freedoms in numerous causes. There are numerous ways to serve. There are numerous ways, many ways to pray anyway, many ways to heal, Many types of prayer, from mantra to other versions. There are all sorts of ways that you can perform spiritual service and all sorts of work you can do for the betterment of mankind. But one of the reasons I'm honoured and proud to host the Spiritual Freedom Show is because this show is a first. Now, there's never been a radio show like this. There isn't another one currently which focuses twice a month, every month, on teachings like these. This is ground breaking material i'm not going to sort of lessen it or pretend otherwise in fact i want to thank the radio networks by the way which are open-minded and pioneering enough to syndicate this show body mind spirit radio wtrm the trim radio network transformation talk radio oneness talk radio they are to be complimented, I feel, and congratulated on including us in their broadcasting rivet. We're not the only show they broadcast, of course we're not, but they are including us. And the time will come, I believe, when many will want to broadcast this type of content. But currently it's us, and I have to say that thanks to you as well, our discerning listeners, that such elevated, such groundbreaking, such brand new material is being broadcast and we really do appreciate the emails you send us uh, so regularly in the comments you make you know it takes something to recognize the pearls which have been scattered on the dusty highway uh, and and not only recognize them pick them up on that highway and apply them and use them and i can assure you in the spiritual freedom you found them not because of me not even because of our wonderful guests or our superb producer darren but because of the brand new teachings that we are in privilege, really, to offer. Now, as Dr. King said in the extract you just heard, he stood first in the world ever to be given this information. And he included in that even the yogas of old, who, by the way, he really respected. He practiced their wisdom. He attained samadhi through their wisdom. And I'm sure he included other mystics and metaphysical teachers who didn't know this type of information before the nine freedoms. And that's why we exist, to make it available in the best way we possibly can. Uh, It would be wrong to deviate from this and focus on something else, because the something else has been upgraded by this. It hasn't been replaced, it hasn't been dispensed with, but it's been updated, and I would say upgraded by this information to know that their intelligence is on Saturn, the highest of all the planets in our solar system, who can inhabit thousands of bodies at the same time and perform a vital, very active function in every one of those bodies. And by the way, it might be on one planet a tree. It might be an animal of some kind, and the animals on other planets are more advanced than human beings on this planet, by the way. They're able to absorb higher vibrations than the human beings on this planet can absorb, for the most part, for the most part. But they perform a very active function in each one of these positions. They bring a change of consciousness, and that must affect us on Earth here when they come to our planet and when they radiate their energy to our planet. So Dr. King found that this kind of revelation made to the world as a whole weighed heavily upon him, as you can hear from that. He was immediately aware of the responsibility it brought because it meant he had to inform the world. You know, you can't be given these teachings aren't given to him. They were given through him. They aren't given to the Aetherius Society. They're given through the Aetherius Society. And you could say, if you wish to, they aren't given to you. They're given through you. They're given to pass on, to share, to, to, to spread for the betterment of others. Not to convert, not at all, but to share for those who wish to pick up, as I say, the pearls on the dusty highway and recognize them as such. It's not an easy thing to do, especially with the media the way it is at the moment, And that's why I'd like to congratulate all radio networks who are doing anything like this, actually. Um, Now, the perfects of Saturn, I said I'd describe who they are. They're the greatest among even the Saturnians, and we're told there are 12 of them. And as Dr. King says, there seems to be an inner core of that 12. Uh, This small number of the most advanced intelligences on any planet in this solar system demonstrate their advancement by what? Giving lectures? doing radio broadcasts, holding satsangs with their students, uh, composing tracts or documents for us to study? Well, maybe so. But the point is they're doing it by inhabiting over 3,600 positions at one and the same instance, and they're doing far more than any of those things at an energy and a karmic level. Dr. King says, It's a gigantic feat, and I think that's putting it mildly. It's through increased activities in these many positions of many kinds that they demonstrate their closeness to God, or if you like, the divine principle. They prove a lesson from which we can all learn, even though we aren't capable yet of dividing our consciousness in the time-space continuum, but we can be active, though. We can be very, very active. We can be as active as possible. And that is the lesson really of, I think, this demonstration, that the greater you are, the more active you are. So let's do something active. And we're going to be led in an active practice now by our second guest. And he's appearing with us again today from Toronto in Canada. So we've had one guest from Los Angeles, uh, California, USA, and one from Toronto, Canada. It's great to have that uh, international connection, I think, on the Spiritual Freedom Show. And this is Gino Shaldone. I hope I pronounced that right. He did teach me. I think it should have been Shaldone. Gino is a financial planner and a triathlete who discovered the Ethereum Society in a martial arts dojo. Today, he devotes his time for the society to promotion and to teaching – a spiritual development practice available in the book. Realize your inner potential. That's Dr. King's book. I was very honored to be a co-author, but it's Dr. King's book, and Gino is teaching it. And today he's going to lead us in a visualization practice you can use to charge yourself up with spiritual energy and confidence. So welcome, Gino.
5: Well, thank you, Richard, for having me on the show yet again. Uh, it's quite a privilege and, and uh an opportunity, as, as Paul mentioned, um, I find myself admiring a picture of the Lord Babaji, actually, as uh, I was listening to the show. So I'll have to detach from that uh, wonderful image. Uh, That's today, not by
0: chance, Gina. That's not no, by it's chance. not
5: by chance at all. <laughs> and uh, today I am taking one of our practices, the practice of the presence, and adding uh, a bit of a scenery to it uh, of a forest And if you want to put a a name to it, it's called a clearing in the forest. Um, So if you wish to participate and you're sitting down, you can have the knees, palms facing downwards. And close your eyes. If you happen to be standing, just have your hands in a fist or tightly beside you. And visualize yourself in a forest not a dark forest, but a a bright forest. You can see the sun uh, streaming through the top of the trees. And it can be a pine forest if you're in the northern hemisphere or, or a tropical forest, it's up to you. But this is a very safe place for you. And you're really tuning in now as you get this picture. Perhaps you can smell the pine needles or the fragrant tropical flowers. In front of you, there's a pathway that leads for about 15 meters or so into a a circular clearing where the sun is shining through. You can see this in front of you. So as you have this strong image, we'll take our minds down to the goddess Terra and request from her that her violet flame come up through the body through the physical and auric bodies, all the way up through the top of the head, as far as you wish to visualize. Really see and feel this warm violet flame as it cleanses and purifies you. Really see it expanding around you. And now we'll take our minds up into the ethers and there visualize a vibrant white light And when this is clear, draw it down in a beam to the top of the head and into the brain, feeling the brain become brighter and brighter as it energizes every cell in the brain. Really see the brain become a brilliant white sun. And bring this white light down the neck and shoulders and into the heart center which is in the middle of the breastbone, a few inches outside of the body. And now we'll raise our hands up into the prayer position, or if you wish, they can be palms facing upwards, resting on the knees. And we're gonna begin radiating out this white light to the trees and the forest around you, offering your love to the birds and the wildlife. Remember, this is a safe place. There's nobody else around, no predatory animals, a very gentle setting. You can almost see the forest or feel the forest reciprocating as you send your love out. Now we'll begin walking up the pathway. Just make it a slight incline, not too steep, but it should be an incline continuing to radiate this white light out to nature. And the sun is beginning to get brighter now as the the forest trees are thinning out. You're approaching this clearing area. Now you're standing in the middle of the top of this tiny hill. The sun is shining brightly, you can feel its warmth You can absorb this power and send out your love to the mother earth and to the sun at this time. And we'll close off this practice with the practice of the presence as given by the master ethereus. We'll have the left hand upon the solar plexus, and the right hand upon it, pressing in slightly, making sure the palm centers are centered. And we'll visualize this white light coming downwards once again, through the top of the head and into the brain, down the neck and shoulders, and into the heart center. And we'll request from the Mother Earth once again, that her violet flame come up through the body and aura all the way up and into the heart center to amalgamate there with the white light. And Now we'll take our minds just above the top of the head and there visualize a golden sphere. And when this is clear, we'll draw the energies from the heart center the white light and the violet flame and amalgamate these and bring them all the way up through the top of the head and into the golden sphere, offering all of your love. And when this is done, request from the golden sphere that it's golden rays of pure spirituality and peace flow down through you and around you all the way down and out the feet. creating a golden shell of protection around you. And we'll end this practice by sweeping the right hand over the left hand, closing off the psychic centers. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much indeed, Gina. That's an absolutely beautiful practice you've led us in there, and I think it'll be very, very beneficial. Uh, In fact, that's one you can, if you want to, you can hear that again and you can scroll back on your podcast and listen again and join in with Gino as he gives that practice whenever you feel the need. So thank you very much, Gino Shaldone. Well, uh, that really is uh, time now after we've covered so much ground, I feel, in this show, but to come to our producer, to Darren Ball, who ha- always has his interesting comments, his questions, which I've never heard read out before. So they've come in from you, the listeners. And it's always, I think it's a lot of people's favorite spot to hear what comments and what questions we're getting. So Darren, welcome back.
2: Thanks very much, Richard. Uh, first of all, just like to thank everybody for tuning into the show today. Um, and uh, if you haven't already, I'd like to invite you to leave us a review in your favorite podcast app or share with someone so that more people can have the spiritual opportunity to hear these teachings of Mars Sector 6. Now, Richard, the first one I thought I'd choose here is from someone who I know is extremely active uh, in giving spiritual healing. Actually, I thought that was very much in keeping with the the theme of the show today. Um, You know, there's someone who goes out into hospitals and nursing homes giving Mm -hmm. spiritual healing to patients there. And they shared this little story, which I thought would be inspiring for others to hear. I was giving healing to a man in a nursing home with advanced Alzheimer's. He never moved, didn't speak, and just sat in his chair as if he were frozen one day when i was giving him healing i wondered on some if on some level he knew i was there giving him healing barely after thinking this thought the man turned his body in the chair stared up into my eyes with a big smile on his face and after a few seconds then the light in his eyes faded away again the smile disappeared and he turned back around to his chair with a blank stare on his face unmoving i certainly received my answer and I felt great joy. It's
0: a wonderful thing, isn't it? To, to what, what can happen? And you never know what good you're doing when you give healing. You never know what good when you're doing when you're praying. You don't know who you might help or what light, what glimpse you might bring into their life. And that's certainly what seems like a beautiful glimpse of light for that patient there.
2: Yeah, I thought that's a great that's a great thing to put pull out there as a takeaway for people because uh, certainly in, in you know so much of the spiritual work we do you know in, in radiating spiritual energy to the world as a whole, um, helping to uplift and raise the consciousness of people everywhere. You just don't know what you're doing, and um, I uh, think you know the masters emphasize so many times exactly that message. You just don't know what good you are doing, but you are doing good, and yeah. I think that's that's um, you know what we need to continue to inspire ourselves with.
0: And I, I mean, I remember the time when I went actually very, very, one of the very first things I did for Dr. King, I was only in my early 70s, uh, my early 70s, My it was in the 70s, I was in my early 20s, when he asked me to promote the new book he'd written, You Too Can Heal. And mm. I took it to various other healing organizations in Britain at the time, National Federation of Spiritual Healers, the Spiritualist Association of Great Britain and others, and they didn't believe that you too can heal. And this was wow. probably the late 70s, I'd say. They they still thought, I and mean, they don't think that now, and they, as far as I understand it, they're running courses called Everyone Can Heal now, some of them. <laughs> okay. but, but they did think it then, and they just didn't think it was possible, and that was one of the things Dr. Kidd empowered people to do, and it's a very simple, you know, it's, not, it's not, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's a simple procedure to follow. In his book, You Too Can Heal, and it was published by Harper Collins. in my book, The Magic of Healing, as well, the full technique. And you can learn how to do that, and you can get results. And as you say, you can then see them. You can actually see them tangibly, which could give you great encouragement. doesn't mean every patient will necessarily get better. Most of them get better to some degree, and you can get your so-called miracles as well. Uh, but it's certainly an encouraging thing to do, and everyone can do it. So that's and you can do it over a distance too. That's something we can all do. Uh talking about spiritual service, we can all give healing.
2: Yeah, I mean, revolution's not always associated with a good thing, but this was definitely a positive revolution in the spiritual healing movement, I think, when he released that book. Um yeah. and it's and I think, you know, just seeing how spiritual healing has taken off so much since then, I mean, it's now Um, You know, there are massive movements, aren't
0: there? There are. There are. And, um, you know, it's before some of the other systems of healing came into place that are now Mm -hmm. very popular. They weren't being taught then, uh, certainly not very widely, but they are now. And that's great. And if you apply that to the higher things that he taught, the same will be true of the Twelve Blessings. The same will be true of the Nine Freedoms one day. It will be something that everyone will want to apply The moment, it's not. The moment, it's some of us and there's no compulsion on anyone. But gradually, I think these these and I'm hoping that's coming over in the show, Darren, that, you know, these are these stand up to scrutiny, these teachings. And they're consistent within themselves and they can be tested. And if you do test them, you'll find they do work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I just recommend to people, if you go onto our website, you'll find there uh, our spiritual healing discovery guide, which which introduces you to this topic and an email series that will get you going together with the book, um, which I think is a great a great starting point for people. I'd also say, you know, one of the themes that other people have picked up on um, in different questions and comments that I've heard is about the theme of being a spiritual pioneer, because that's, you know, that's so much what the master was. And that's what mm. he's given us all the opportunity to to be as well um, yeah. by following these these absolutely ultra-modern spiritual teachings that, that are rooted in, in in the ancient tradition but have been inspired by the cosmic masters to help us to prepare ourselves for the new age.
0: Indeed, and coming back to that question on healing as well, that, that interesting email about healing, it's one of the things highlighted in the fourth freedom, uh, psychic man can escape the prison of psychic frustration by tasks mm. such as the dispensation of energies upon a psycho-spiritual level, such as the rendering of spiritual healing. And then this statement, of all tasks capable to psychic man, this is the most beneficial. So that means all psychic people, men, women, actually children can heal, animals can and do heal. I think some of us have experienced that. And according to Mars Sector 6, this is the most beneficial task from a psychic practitioner point of view. Uh, And I think there's a promise in there because it also means you're not doing it for this reason, but you'll awaken your own inner psychic abilities and and potential by doing it.
2: Yeah. And again, I think it brings us back to the theme we've been talking about over and over again, that service is the road to enlightenment. And it's through giving service that we can start to advance ourselves in these ways like you just described.
0: Yeah, and I'm hoping that you know when we look at the Saturnians, uh, for example, the, the, the masters that are revered would not be disobeyed by even a glance by mm-hmm. other planetary intelligences. We can say, well, if they do this, we can't do what they do, but we can learn from that and we can try to apply, apply it. And spirituality now means being as active as we possibly can. Yes, we also mean stillness, by the way. Let's be balanced. It means we have to have our moments of stillness to bring about that control, to bring about that in connect, inner connection. But then we have to apply it through our actions and actions that bring results. And that, of course, as I said before, service in one word is work. It's just work for a different reason, it's work for others. Uh, and that really is the example of even the greatest. Let's attune ourselves to these greatest, let's align ourselves to the cosmic family by practising what is our motto on the Spiritual Freedom Show, that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment.